Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Are you an entrepreneur who needs some encouragement from time to time, but you're tired of listening to boring affirmations that put you to sleep? I understand. That's why I created something we can bounce to. My name is Z and I want to invite you to download my album, Crowned Affirmations, the ultimate soundtrack of encouragement for entrepreneurs. Crowned Affirmations is helping so many of us stay the course. Stream Crowned Affirmations on all digital music outlets today. Welcome back to Women in Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have a guest joining me from the Millennial Wives Club, New Orleans chapter by the name of Bianca Gaddison. Bianca is a beautiful, energetic, and enthusiastic wife, mom, and friend who absolutely loves life and tries to live it to the fullest, which is why I wanted to talk to her today, because with recent events of COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement, I want to take this month to have an open conversation to how recent events are affecting millennial women today. So Bianca, please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Okay, my name is Bianca Gaddison. Um, I am definitely still in transition um, because I'm still trying to get used to being a wife and a mom at the same time. Um, I'm getting used to now being a mom and working um, on top of taking care of my husband. So it's a huge transition coming from being independent by myself, um, an only child with, uh, for my mom, and then coming you know into a union and now becoming a mom it's a lot (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) I can only imagine oh my gosh I didn't even realize you were an only child yes my dad has other kids but my mom I'm an only child I love it that way (laughs) yes (laughs) okay well I wanted to share Bianca's story because like many of us COVID and the Black Lives Matter movement has affected us all in many ways more than one. So as a person who loves life and tries to live life to the fullest, while also being a woman in transition, and before we get to like how you really doing, let's get into (laughs) millennial wife life. Did you have a journey transitioning into marriage or was it easy for you? Um, I think it was easier for me. Um, the only part I thought think was really hard was um learning to um depend more on my husband. Um, by me being an only child and um 
you know, pretty much my, I mean, I had my dad, but I lived with my mother. So mm-hmm. pretty much it was my mom there for everything. So I was always taught to depend on her. And if she wasn't there, depend on myself. So coming into a union and now having to depend on my husband and allowing him to, you know, lead me and, you know, yes, be my provider and everything. That was, um, it was a struggle. Um, I probably still struggle with that, but yeah, that was definitely a struggle, but everything else was very easy for me. Yes. It's so refreshing to hear you say that because I too, the same, the same thing. I kind of went through the same thing, um, trying to transition into a wife. And I really, you know, I tell people all the time, like that is what I think makes marriage a little bit difficult today versus our parents' days because we were raised to be independent women, you know, like, like you're saying, and then to have to, like you were saying before, like get into a marriage and, you know, work Mm -hmm. with someone else and depend, you know, depend on them and do all that. That's a real transition. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you, you know, I've been working since I was 16. Mm -hmm. Um, I met my husband when I was, uh, I think I was 25. So it was just, it it was, it was, it's a lot. It was a lot at the time to allow him to just, you know, lead me. Yes, for sure. Um, again, I still struggle with that now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm better at letting him lead me. I have work to do in that area. (laughs) So how did you meet your husband? I met my husband in a parking lot, literally like a lonely parking lot one night. Um, I was getting off early he was actually, uh, I'm sorry, I was getting off late. He was also getting off late from his job. Um, and I was like rushing to my car because it's nighttime. And, you know, my parking lot was like maybe a block away. So I'm like rushing to my car. I'm down texting on my phone. He's, I don't know what he was doing, but we almost bumped into each other in the parking lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And he's like, Oh, you know, sorry, apologize. So as we begin to walk away, he turns around. He's like, you're beautiful. So I'm like, thank you. And we just sat there and talked. We probably sat in the parking lot and talked for like an hour. Oh, wow. um, And at that point, I told him just right away. I'm like, I eventually want to be married. And I want to have kids. I pretty much put it out there. Oh, wow. But I want. And if that ain't what you want, then you know, it doesn't even make sense. He said that's what he wanted. And even that day we had, we pretty much said we were going to get married the first day. <laughs> I was just going to say, wait a minute. You, you, you guys talked about all this the first day from bumping the first day. into each other in the parking yes. lot. Mm-hmm. The first day, because I'm all about, I am the type of woman. I don't like to play games with Yes, people. And I didn't, you know, I, I I didn't want my heart being played with at the time. So I just feel like when you meet a person, if that's what you want in your life, and those are the type of things you are trying to manifest, you need to just put it out there on the table. Yes. You know, I'm not going to be your girlfriend for two, three years. Not happening. So I just put it out there. I put it out there. This is what I want. If you want, but um, we, he wanted the same thing as me. So we were on the same page and 
here we are. Oh my gosh, this is like <laughs> this is like something in a movie scene. Like yes, people walking in the parking lot, looking at their phones, bumping to each other, and have hours of conversation, and decide yes. right there that they're gonna get married. <laughs> yes, and like I tell people, look at me crazy all the time. I'm like that's exactly how it happened. I mean, I it was funny. It was crazy. Like it literally came out of the blue. Like didn't even never saw it coming at all. So how long did you guys date before you got engaged? So we dated, um, let's see, um, 17 months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 17 months. Um, and then we got engaged and then we took another 16 months to get married. Okay. Okay. Y'all gave each other some time. Yeah. We still had a little time there. Yeah. So how did you imagine life would be as a wife prior to marriage? And where did you get that idea from? So pretty much, um, I thought marriage was like easy. You know, uh, I've seen plenty of movies where, you know, people fall in love, they get married, and it's all peaches and cream. And that is not how it is. Yes. <laughs> it is nothing like the movies at all. Not one part of it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was going to be easy peasy. You know, we're just going to come here, get married, move in together, live a yeah. perfect life. Everything perfect. Didn't happen that way. <laughs> yes. No, I agree. <laughs> I fell victim to the movies as well. Yes. <laughs> and the shows and everybody. Yes. It was just like, TV oh. shows, as they make it seem like it's an instant connection and no arguments and, you know, marriage, here come the kids and it's perfect. It's not. It's work. Um, it's worth it though, but it's work. For sure. Do you think that social media gives an accurate representation of millennial marriage today? No. <laughs> I do not. Just straight to it. No. Um, I do not. Every like it seems every time I see like a millennial marriage or it's like it's almost like their world is perfect. Yes. Um, and I know that you're not supposed, you know, as married couples, they tell you don't put your business out there, you know. But I also feel like your marriage isn't perfect either. Yes. And I feel like that's what they put out to everyone. I feel like it's just, oh, you know, kisses here, lovey dovey here, at the party here, and it's never to me, it's just not all true. You might be in love. You might have a good time. You might, you know, y'all might be on cloud nine for a long time. But at the same time, everyone has some type of issue or disagreement or something. Yes. So It's like it, when you only put out the smiles and the, the we together, we happy, that's kind of like the image that you're creating and, and yes. other people who aren't married, you know, that this is what marriage consists of. And so when they're in Correct. their actual relationships and things like that, and then they are arguing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all week, then they're like, look, this girl and this guy are happy every time they post on social media. So mm-hmm. something must be wrong with us. And then right. <laughs> that's where I think the whole divorce thing comes in when people talk about with millennials, because we we see that. And then again, like, because nobody is talking, like you said, because your business is your business, then people are thinking, 
there you don't have no issues and so when exactly. they have issues they think something must be wrong with me or in my relationship because we not this dang happy all the time right and then they think that they should go out and you know find someone who can you know give them this perfect feeling but no one is perfect exactly the grass is never green on the other side at all um it's gonna always be work you're not gonna always be happy 100 percent of the time now again i don't go on instagram and say or facebook and say oh my husband is my husband that because you know again that's our business exactly but if someone asks me or if i talk to someone or something i will tell them it is not all peaches and cream all the time but at the end of the day you know it's work and y'all supposed to come back together and just decide how to move forward together you know so it can be easier but it's not all peaches and cream. And I feel like that's what is shown all the time on mm-hmm. social media with millennial marriages. Yes. So what do you think, what do you think millennial marriages need more of, I guess, to give an accurate representation? Is it, you know, doing what we do as millennial wives with the millennial wives club, like kind of like sharing our story, doing things like this and, you know, just putting more of these realistic views in the air or. Yes. I definitely think, um, you know, different communities need to come together. I feel like um, there needs to be communities for married couples together. Yeah. You know, maybe like communities that take do marriage retreats or, you know, just, Somewhere where couples can come together and see that other couples have similar issues. It might not be the yeah. same thing, but every couple has some type of issue um, behind closed doors that they have to work on, you know, to be stronger and to get better, you know, and to keep your union together. So I think if that, if, if we can get more communities like that to come together, I feel like that will help marriages more also. I love that. So like you were saying, like marriage is hard work every day. What resources or methods do you use to stay connected with your husband? Like, do you guys have like a stand-in date night? Do you guys read the Bible together? Do you guys go to counseling? Like, what are you guys doing to stay connected with each other? So prior to the baby and prior (laughs) to COVID, we did have like weekly date nights. We had date nights. Um, we would like have movie nights at home. Um, we would try to do trips every so often together. Um, you know, text, talk, but yeah. most of the time it was like little, like little date nights and movie nights at home. Um, you know, try to go do like little putt putt sessions. You know, just different things like that to try to like work together. Yeah. Um, but I can say since we've had our son, we have kind of fallen off track. Um, mm-hmm. We have to get better at doing that because when you put a child in the middle, it's hard. Okay. You know, he still sleeps in our bed. He doesn't go to sleep sometimes until 11, 1130 at night. Mm-hmm. So um, another thing is we don't like to ask people to babysit. A lot of times I have my son or he has, you know, well, I'm not going to say my son, our son. <laughs> I have our son or he has our son. So you know, it's kind of hard for us to have date nights now. And now with COVID, we don't, you know, you can't even really go out anywhere. Um, So what we have been trying to do is been trying to stay up, watch movies together here, you know, have a drink together. Um, The other day we, uh, our son went by his grandparents. So we did a date at at the park. 
um, we did like a New Orleans, a perfect New Orleans date, which is like crawfish, drinks at a park. Um, we were supposed to get snowballs. That didn't happen, but that's pretty much a perfect date here. Um, so we did that and, you know, really, really connected again. And I kind of felt like, you know, this is something we need to start doing all the time again. Yes. Um, it really made me realize I miss um, adult interaction with my husband all the time. Like when yes. my son left, it was so quiet in here. We were able to cuddle and just do everything we did before him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I told my husband, I'm like, we just have to get back to what we were doing before. Right, exactly. So um, in addition to being a wife, you are a mom to a one-year-old and you work mm-hmm. full time. So oh, yeah. what do you do for self-care? I just, first of all, take care of my physical. I work out. Yes. Um, I try to go get facials. I try to, you know, keep my manicures and my pedicures and keep my hair done as much as possible. Um, I will make sure to make all of those appointments. Um, and then mentally I have gotten into devotionals okay so I read different devotionals um I have one here called 100 days of faith over fear um I have another one that's 100 days of bible promises um I have like different quotes and everything being sent to my phone all day so I just try to keep myself mentally together um by doing that um I also try to like plan out my day like I know when I wake up in the morning I'm coming into my space I have a space in my home that I love that I sit I read my devotional and I just plan my day and you know everything that that helps me that makes me feel like I'm caring for myself yes I love that I try. Good. No, you doing it, girl. You ain't trying. You doing it. I I love to ask women that question because you know some people are still transitioning, trying to figure out how to care for themselves. Mm -hmm. And sound like you got it down because my my main thing for self care for me that I like to do is get my nails done. That's my one thing that I'm just like, look it's gotta it's gotta happen this is my consistent thing if I don't do nothing else when I get my nails done that's me caring for myself and getting a chance to relax I recently um bought me a facial steamer and that's also my time to self-care and kind (laughs) of like be quiet and still and just do that and I love that you're also feeding your mind with devotionals I need to you have to send me photos of those I'm gonna have to check those out especially the faith over fear because I think that's very important um in a time like today um to you know to remind yourself and ways to remind yourself so I commend you on that girl that is amazing yes and I'll definitely send that over to you send you um a little picture of my devotional it's awesome yes so you were married 10 months before you got pregnant yes what was your initial reaction to finding out you were pregnant and what did your husband say so um my reaction I was shocked and excited at the same time (laughs) um just but more shocked because I just couldn't believe it was like this was really happening you know you always when you're younger, you always say, oh, I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And 
going to have my kid. I'm going to do this. And it yep. just, I mean, I was just so shocked that, okay, here it is. It is here. <laughs> like, if this test is, I, it's positive. <laughs> like, yes. I'm going to be a mom. So, yeah, I was, like, over the moon. And uh, I wanted to leave work right away. <laughs> but, you know, I was just, I mean, I just sat at my desk all day, just like, just over the moon. And people kept saying, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing, you know, nothing's wrong. I'm just, I'm fine. <laughs> and then um, I called my husband and he was like really excited too. Like we both were ready to become parents. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, you know, we were just ready to take this step and uh, to start our family. So it was a very exciting time. We both were just super excited. God, I just, I am in love with you and your husband at this point. I mean, y'all just, y'all are just too stinking cute. That is so nice. I love that. You know, you, well, for me, like, again, watching movies and things like Mm -hmm. that, shows, it's always funny to see the reaction to finding out you're pregnant, like, especially the husbands, because they always be like, you sure? Like, you know, yes. it's always a question before you get the excitement part. And for your husband to be, you know, excited right off the bat, that's that's exciting. That's and refreshing to hear. Like, I need you to send me a picture of the test. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, sending him a picture of my test. Like, and he calls back. He's like, yes. Like, we're like, you know, screaming on the phone. We were like, yeah. really, really excited. Oh my gosh. And your son just turned one and you celebrated Mm -hmm. his birthday quarantine style. How was that? And why was it important for you to go through with the whole, cause you decorate, you decorated like the lawn, you know, have balloons, like you went all out. Tell us about that. So, okay. (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is crazy. I don't know if anybody else feels how I feel about this, but I have always dreamed of, like I said before, how I wanted my marriage, how I wanted my kids. When they make one, I'm going to do this. You know, I've yeah. always been that person to plan things and just want to be pretty much over the top on everything. So I planned my son this huge birthday party. I mean, probably from the time he was about seven months, I already knew what theme <laughs> I was going with. I had already started purchasing things, like had all of this set up and like two months before the party, it got canceled, of course. Um, and I didn't take it too well. Uh-huh. You know, I really did not take it well. I was hurt behind that because I just, I love my son so much and I just wanted those memories. I know yeah. he won't remember. He, you know, he wouldn't really get to experience it how we experienced it, but I more so wanted it for, you know, just our memory yeah. with him. Um, so... I was like, well, you know what? Since I can't give him a party, the party that I want, I'll just push all of that to next year. So I moved all my stuff to next year. <laughs> and I said, well, I still need to go all out with my son. Like, this is just what I want to do for him. So I just put some stuff together, decorated my house myself. Yay. And um, I mean, I stayed up all night. I probably stayed up to two in the morning, blowing up balloons and wrapping gifts and everything. Um, we invited a few people over, a few close people like his godparents and um you know we just had cake and ice cream here but Um, I was very hurt that I had to cancel his celebration you know but um it really took for me to see you know what COVID was doing to my family and and other families to what I said it's not worth it it's not worth for me to have this big celebration and people 
can't come here to celebrate. People, you know, are risking their lives. Right. People in my family were passing away. People in other people's family were passing away. So I just felt like it wasn't worth it. As much as I love my son, it's not worth anyone's life. Right. It's okay for me to push everything back. Yeah, you know, it was it was fine, and it's gonna be fine. You know, yes, so, it is. Cause uh, number two ain't gonna be nothing to play with. Okay, at all. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yes, yes, and that that's even better because you're prepared. You know, you yes. So that's less work on your part when when the time comes. So yes, I am so ready. So I'm just like uh, we're just gonna do something small and. Yeah. You know, it didn't look small. Enjoy. It didn't look small. It didn't look. <laughs> it didn't look. Small. It looks big still. <laughs> yes, it looked big still. It looked like that was what you had planned, and I yeah. and, and the fact that you're telling me now that you moved whatever you had planned to next year is hilarious. So I can't yes. wait to see <laughs> next year because you went all out this year, okay? Yes. <laughs> I am. I mean, we had the choo-choo trains ready. Yes. Like I was ready. So hopefully next year he'll be able, you know, to really enjoy it. You know, of yeah. course more than what he would have at one years old. But sure. um, hopefully he'll be ready next year, and we will too. Yes. <laughs> so, what has been the hardest part about raising a toddler boy? What have you learned oh, about yourself during this transition? I have learned that I do not have patience mm-hmm. at all. Um, I mean, I kind of knew that, but it solidified it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, and he is still fine, but once he made, once he started walking, let me let me go there. Once he started walking, that's when all hell broke loose. Um, he touches everything. He gets into everything. He is not scared of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he will like we have the safety plugs in the walls he pulls the safety plugs out and bring them to us oh my god um he will knock stuff over he will cut your tv off while you're watching it um he does not care oh my god <laughs> and i have to have patience like he is the sweetest though he is very sweet very loving he does not cry he's not a cry baby um he is just a fun 1 year old but you have to have patience. Patience is what I found that I don't have. And when you have a kid, you have to have patience because they try you. <laughs> right. So what do you think you need to make the transition a little easier to manage? Jesus. <laughs> I need Jesus. <laughs> Just Jesus and a lot of wine. Ooh, I think wine. That, that will help my transition. And it has been helping my transition a lot of prayers and a lot of wine well that's great at least you you (laughs) found your formula hey ain't nothing wrong with that (laughs) jesus made wine turn turn water into wine and and now you're using that wine to get through (laughs) yes and i'm sure he approves (laughs) yes (laughs) oh my gosh so now that we know a little bit more about you and who you are as a wife and a mom, which awesome woman, um, let's just talk about what's going on in the world right now. I mean, is the, what we said before, Jesus and wine, is this what's helping you get through today's time? Yes. Jesus, wine, and, um, pretty much, I just, honestly, I try to not 
even look at the news anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do. Um, even though I probably should be, but I try not to because it's just too much at this point. It's um, I can't take anymore. <laughs> I agree. So I, I just mean... try to stay away from anything that has to do with what you know what's going on out there yeah um and just try to focus on the good for now yes because this year just 2020 in general I I keep saying it like this was not on the vision board like 2020 (laughs) you know it was it was exciting it was a lot of build-up because 2020 is like the year of vision and we just I mean I don't even know we started the year off with the whole COVID thing and you know having to work from home being quarantined how did COVID affect you and your family I know um you mentioned before about it affecting some family members and things like that so how did you deal with that um it was hard at the beginning Mm -hmm. um Cause, well, I'll say at the, at the very, very beginning, we didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, people were getting sick. We didn't know, you know, much about a virus. You know, we thought, oh, it'll never come here, you know, or it's just in New York or, you know, it's just in these areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it got close to home is when I started realizing like, this is serious. Mm -hmm. Um, it hit my family in a major way. I've Mm -hmm. had a few family members pass away from the virus. Mm-hmm. um on both sides um I my husband himself had it um and it just was really hard you know it was yeah. hard to see my husband as sick as he was because again he went to the emergency room they were telling him that he had pneumonia I mean not pneumonia I'm sorry he had um they thought he had flu-like symptoms mm-hmm. but they wouldn't say that it was the flu they kept saying it's not flu um but they wouldn't test him for COVID um, wow. and then turned out he had double pneumonia and he had COVID. So, wow. um, it really impacted my home here. Um, my mom ended up having it. Most of her siblings ended up, um, with COVID. Wow. Um, it, it, it was crazy. You know, a lot of people out of work at one time. Um, yeah. Well, you, just, did you get the opportunity to work from home? I did. And I am still working from home. Okay. Um, I'm still working from home. Uh, my husband just went back to work and majority of my family who had the virus, they're back at work now. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about this possibility of a second wave? Like how do you plan to, I guess, prepare yourself for if that happens again, like if it comes back and we're locked in the house again? I think I will be fine. Um, The only things that I really missed were spending time, of course, with my mom, um, with family, period, because we go out of town all the time to go see my husband's family. I love them. So Mm -hmm. um, really miss spending time with them. And I miss my brunches. (laughs) My sangrias and my mimosas. I was like, come on now. (laughs) Come on, world. Shake back. Um, Yes. If we had to do it again, um, I think I will be fine. Um, I have learned throughout this whole time, it's okay to be home. Yes. It's okay to have wine at home and to sit down sometimes. It's okay mm-hmm. to not go to every party and mm-hmm. see everyone. So I think I will be fine. And on top of that, I love working from home. You know, yes. so I feel like as long as my family is safe and my family is living, 
Mm-hmm. If we have to stay home, I'm fine with that. I agree. I agree. I think prior to COVID and being quarantined, I was just way too freaking busy. I had a lot of things going on and it low-key came at the best time for me in my life because I really needed the opportunity to take a break. And so Mm -hmm. um, my job, actually, I was on like partial furlough. So I worked a week and then I was off a week. So and it it gave me like a whole week to devote to what I really enjoy doing, which is creating content and kind of like planning out, you know, what to do with the Millennial Wise Club and launching this podcast because I literally launched this podcast during quarantine and it just gave me a lot of time to be more creative. And at the time I was very stressed at work. And just wanting to get out. And so it kind of was a good thing for me. And like you said, the things that I miss most is really human interaction, you know, human interaction, being able to go out, you know, carefree and hug people. I'm a hugger. So hugging my friends, talking to them and just being out here in these streets. But like you said, it's not a bad thing to be at home. It's fine to get a bottle and drink at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how places and people have gotten creative enough for where we can have like virtual events and restaurants will put together packages that they cooked and that you could take home. And so I just, I'm just like, uh, why go back to normal? <laughs> right. You can just stay like this. <laughs> just stay like this. I mean, air, airlines were cheap. You know, the flights was cheap. I'm like, if y'all could have made these flights this cheap before, y'all can just keep them this cheap, right? Exactly. <laughs> Imagine how much money they would make leaving those tickets that cheap <laughs> exactly look they probably be losing more money because they they could charge more but it's the principle of the thing right so now okay so covid is like okay that's like low-key a thing of the past now because now we are in the whole black lives matter movement and mm-hmm. so as a wife who is married to a black man and a mother to a black son. Like, how do you feel right now just about them being out in the world and with things happening the way that they're happening? I do not like it. Um, I am very afraid, um, you know, for them to go out in this world. And um, because it doesn't matter how light your skin is. If you're black, you're black. Yeah. At the end of the day. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're a kid. It doesn't matter if you're an adult. It, you yep. know, it doesn't matter if you're a college student. At the end of the day, you're black. Yep. So um, I'm just afraid. You know, I don't I don't want my husband to get into any altercations with anyone. I don't want anybody to look at my kid wrong. I don't want anybody to, you know, my kid to make a mistake and touch somebody else's kid and they get upset. It's right. just I, I just want them to kind of kind of miss all confrontation so it's very scary when I walk out the door because it's an unknown you know you don't know what may happen you don't know if you might get a phone call that you know you know anything happened any kind of incident happened and then your family member is gone um Mm -hmm. and to raise a black son in this world is scary Mm -hmm. you know I posted on Facebook I think about two weeks ago I really wanted to have a girl. And so when I found out, it was 
I was having a son. I was excited. You know, it didn't take anything away from that son or daughter. I was going to love my child regardless. But after the excitement wore off, I got, immediately I kind of got a little anxiety because it's like, how am I going to protect this little boy? Yeah. You know, how can I watch everything that he's doing or everything that he will do? How can I control, you know, his whereabouts and, you know, his friends and how how can I control that? I can't. After a certain age, I I won't be able to control that, you know, and that is scary. That is scary to think that you're, you know, in my eyes, perfect little boy will Mm -hmm. one day grow up to be a threat to someone, you know, Mm -hmm. and he can be walking down the street. He can be riding his bike. He can be jogging, you know, so. It's very scary to look and think like he'll have to deal with this for the rest of his life. And then me as his mother, I will too. And my husband too, you know, we have to go to sleep at night wondering what the next day will bring, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just, it's scary. It's a scary time. And I really hope and pray that things um, eventually get better. You know, I don't think it's something that'll be fixed overnight. I don't think this is something that's going to be fixed in the next five years. Mm-hmm. But I hope eventually, you know, it, it, it'll get a little better, you know, with this new generation coming in um, and the way that they've been really fighting. I feel like I, I hope it'll be a better world for me to raise our son in. Yes. And I'm hopeful um, because, you know, I, I don't know if it's just because I wasn't around, you know, back in the day when this stuff, you know, happened before, but I'm a little bit more hopeful because social media is so powerful and the things that people have been able to accomplish thus far just by bringing awareness. Now, you know, similar to what we talked about us transitioning into millennial wives and being how we've been for 25 you know years and then having to adjust ourselves to transition to being a wife and coming together you know with someone else and how that's still a struggle for us it's kind of like the same thing with the whole racism thing you know these people have been and believed who they are and what they believe for you know however old they are all their life and like you said like seeing this stuff, you know, over and over again, because it's everywhere, it's not going to really change them overnight. So all we can really (laughs) ask for now is the awareness and people not, you know, taking away the the ability to say, oh, I didn't know racism existed. It's 2020. What are you talking about? Like, that's the thing that I think is making me more hopeful now, because you can't say that now. You can't say that now so it's like now that you know that when you know better you do better so what are you going to do with that information knowing that racism still exists today period right right and and challenging you know white people to stand up for us in their circles not just on social media so i think you know us doing a little bit more of that is you know putting us in the right direction of things now it's still happening you know it's definitely still happening but i guess it's gonna take some baby steps to get us there which is just sad that we even gotta you know baby step to that you know just treat people right period no matter you know what their race or what they look like like it's it's just ridiculous that this is even a conversation um in 2020 
like you would think we would be so much further along than this or you know it's just like a lot of the stuff I see I'm like I can't even believe we're still addressing these same issues this many years later yeah you know but I'm hopeful I am hopeful um you know because I know a lot of white people who have been speaking out like yeah. a lot of white I went to a majority white school and a lot of the girls that I went to school with they're definitely speaking out on you know black lives so yes um I'm very hopeful that eventually down the line things will be a lot better than what it is now me too so at this point of you being a mother to a black son you're gonna eventually have to have the conversation um, about, I mean, with him about the police and what to do when he gets pulled over and just him making him aware of what it really means being a black male in America today. Are you, mm-hmm. have you been thinking about that? Do you know how you're going to have that conversation with him? Um, to be honest, um, I've only thought about it a few times of how I will have the conversation with him. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of something that I don't want to think about. Right. um, Because it's scary and he's still a baby. Um, So I want to, you know, think of his innocence uh, for a a little while longer. But I will say once he probably makes about four or five, Mm. we will start having those conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully myself and my husband can sit down with him and just kind of go over what's to happen if a police ever approaches you in any situation. Um, I know some situations, I mean, he won't be ready for, you know, he'll be four or five, you know. Right. He doesn't, yeah, you know, that's so young. Very young, very. But at the same time, I was also listening to something uh, the other day, I think it was on like Instagram with Candy. She had an interview and she was saying how her son, you know, hears things on the TV and how he wanted to be a police officer. But then he's like, well, are the police officers bad guys? Oh. You know, your kids at that age, they know, yeah. you know, they, they hear. So I feel like uh, as soon as I feel like my son can take this information in and understand it, we'll start having little conversations with him, mm-hmm. but nothing too broad yet. Because I was wondering like how that looked for, you know, women, mothers of black sons, like what age do you even, and the fact that we, again, the fact that we even have to have these conversations. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's, so it's crazy. But as we can see, police officers don't care how old yes. your babies are. I mean, I've never seen them arrest anybody at four or five. But I mean, I have seen them arrest an elementary student. Yes. You know, so it's like the the sooner I can talk to my son about it is it'll be I feel like it'll it'll be better. Yeah. As time goes on. For him to better understand the severity of all of this. Agreed. Well, we have to pay some bills. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey girl, hey! This podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives, hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers, We are bosses, we are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman 
who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. All right, guys, we are back. First of all, thank you so much, Bianca, for giving us your time and your story today. I know we talked about a lot of different things. Um, So hopefully this was like, I don't know, somewhat healing for you just to share and to reflect on the transitions that you are going through right now, transitions that you've been through. And hopefully if you're a listener out there, you've learned something from Bianca sharing her story with you guys. So Bianca, I just have one last question for you before we close out the show. And that is, what would you like to tell the women out there who are curious about marriage and motherhood? Tell them something you wish someone would have told you. If I could tell them anything, it would be, do not think you're going to be perfect mom and wife right away. It takes time. It does not happen overnight. You do not jump the broom one day and then tomorrow you're the perfect wife cooking and have the dinner ready when your husband come home and have his drink ready and his clothes on. Um, you know, you're not going to be the perfect mom. Your house is not going to be perfect all the time. You know, it's not something that just happens overnight. It takes time. And it's okay that it takes time. It's okay for you to learn how to be a wife and learn how to be a mom. You know, it's your first time doing this or however many times you've done it. It's okay that you are learning this role and it, it, it takes time to get to perfect. I love that advice because that is so true and more people need to tell people that. So yeah. thank you for sharing that and sharing that truth because that's exactly what it is. There ain't no movies, you know, real mm-hmm. life is not like the movies. It's definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't take away nothing else from this show, real life is not like the movies. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of create your own reality within your marriage, within your motherhood experience and within your career, even like, you know, what you see on social media and or the TV do- is will not be the same for you, will not always be the same for you. Right. You have to create what works for you. Exactly. All right. And on that note, we are out of here. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Are you ready to learn how to do your makeup like a pro? Well, my name is Z and I want to invite you to join the Better Than YouTube makeup class community. It's better than YouTube because you're going to get the details and makeup secrets you've been missing to help you master your brows, blend that eyeshadow, and snatch your face with that highlighting and contouring. So head on over to betterthanyt.com to grab your free makeup starter kit today. That's betterthanyt.com. 
www.thepurposefulmama.com and I am so excited to teach you. Well, all right, friends, that's all I got. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. I'm not afraid. See, I don't wanna block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me. See, I'm full.